Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You know that Moses was at the burning bush and a voice comes from the midst of the bush. The voice we identified is God. God said, Moses, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh to deliver my people. And if you've been with us, you know it was at that point that Moses began to offer a series of excuses. Moses began with, I'm a nobody. And then he said, I don't know your name. And then he says, well, I can't go because nobody's going to believe me. He began to offer a series of excuses. Moses was simply saying, God, I believe you, but you're going to have to do more than that. I need a sign. And God said, okay, I'll send you a sign. I'll give you a sign. Sign number one. We talked about this. If you missed any of these teachings. You can pick them up, order them, take library bookstore. Sign number one, God said, Moses, what's in your hand? A rod. God said, throw it down, and it became a snake. God then told him to pick it back up, and it became a rod again. Sign number two, Moses, put your hand in your robe. He put his hand in his robe. He took his hand out. His hand was leprous. God told him to put it back in his robe. He put his hand back in his robe. He took it out, and it was whole. Sign number three, God told him, take some good and pure water, and the water will become foul and bloody. God told Moses in this third and final sign that, Moses, you're only to use this sign if Pharaoh rejects the first and the second sign. If Pharaoh doesn't have a change of heart, God said, then you're to turn the water to blood in that third and final sign. Well, it was after that, if you were with us, you know, Moses went to Jethro, his father-in-law, and he asked his father-in-law, which I love the heart and the submission of Moses, as he went to his father-in-law, and he said, father-in-law, is it okay if I go back to Egypt? Remember, he had been tending sheep for 40 years. And he said, Father-in-law, is it okay if I go back to Egypt? And and Jethro said, sure, go in peace. And while they're traveling, the Bible tells us that while Moses, his wife, Zipporah, and his two sons are traveling, Moses gets into an argument with his wife over circumcision of the second son. And pick up the CD, that's an interesting passage, but Zipporah took a knife and she circumcised her son. Aaron, the Bible goes on to say, and Moses 
Aaron's Moses' brother, you know that. They met each other in the wilderness after not having seen each other for 40 years. They hugged. They kissed. Moses shared all the things that God had done. Moses is showing Aaron all the tricks. I can imagine Moses saying, Aaron, check it out. Man, that's a trip. He puts it back in. He shows them all the things that God had done. Probably took the rod and threw it down. And Watch this, watch this. Took the rod, threw it down. See, it became a snake. Y'all know I hate snakes. I'm sure Aaron hated snakes too. He probably jumped back. Ah! Moses took it up again. It became a rod. He showed him all the things that he had done and all the things that God had showed him. Now, look at chapter 4, because I'm going to back up just a little bit. We'll go over that in just a second. And then I want to kind of move into chapter 5. Look at chapter 4, saints, in verse 30 of chapter 4, or look at verse, uh, uh, start at verse 27 of chapter 4. And the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. And so he went and met him on the mountain of God. And he kissed him. And so Moses told Aaron all the words that the Lord had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. And then Moses and Aaron went and gathered all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke. Notice in verse 30, all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. And then he did the signs in the sight of all the people. And so the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, and that he had looked on their afflictions, then they bowed their heads and they worshiped. Now, chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, St. Jadair, say amen. amen. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they might hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh, in verse 2, said, Notice verse 2, saints, underline it, highlight it in your Bibles. Verse 2, Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. After Aaron, give me your attention. After Aaron and Moses get reacquainted, they head to Egypt. And they shared with the people who were still in Egypt. And I'm wondering, you got to understand something. See, this is Moses' first trip to Egypt in how many years? Forty. He's been gone for a long time. I'm wondering if when Moses gets back into Egypt, he kind of has a walk down memory lane. You know, like when you go back to the old neighborhood, I'm from Philly. And uh, I like to tell people I'm from Philly because I like Philly, especially cheesesteaks. I've been to a couple places here in North Carolina. They claim to have Philly cheesesteaks. This is a lie. I got to represent. Come on now. You can only get a Philly cheesesteak in Philly. Uh, by definition, that's why they call it a 
Philly cheesesteak. It's not a North Carolina cheesesteak. Okay, I'm back. But you go to, you know, I've gone home and gone to Philly. And, uh, you know, you go down the old block. And, and I remember, you know, going down the, the old block with some friends, actually. I took some friends to Philadelphia on a little trip we went on. And I took them down the old street I used to live on. And, and you, have you ever taken that trip back to your old neighborhood? And you're like, man, that's the porch we used to sit on all night long. And, you know, man, we used to do this here, we used to do that there, and, you know, all the old boys, you know. And in Philly, I mean, in the cities, you, you sit on the porch. I mean, literally all night. I mean, I have slept on our porch. I mean, you just, memories on the porch. And I wondered if Moses, when he got back into the city of Egypt, got back into Egypt, he had a walk down memory lane. Maybe he remembered, you know, the old neighborhood. Maybe he looked at, you know, uh, 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 he was a teen at that time. Maybe he looked at a, a, a chariot that he used to steal, his dad's chariot or something. Y'all know what I'm saying. You steal the family car. <laughs> or maybe I shouldn't tell all that. All right. <laughs> See, y'all ain't saying amen because your parents are here. I know. <laughs> and Moses gets back into Egypt, and I'm sure this was a walk down memory lane for him. He goes to his people, he shared his life, he shared everything that happened. The Bible says that they believed and they bowed their heads in worship. Now, in chapter 5, verse 1, I want you to look at it again, saints. Look at it again. After Moses and Aaron went in, notice they told Pharaoh, they went in, which was probably another weird feeling for Moses. I mean, think about that. The last time he was in the palace, he walked in as a prince. Now he comes into the palace and he doesn't go in as a prince. He goes in as a shepherd and a deliverer of God's people. So he went in. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us how he went in. I wonder how he went in. Did he make an appointment? Did he just walk in? Did someone say, you know, Pharaoh, remember Moses? Yeah, remember him? He's here to see you. How did he come in? We don't know. But we do know that Pharaoh let him in. And they walked in. No royal clothes. No scepter in hand. Probably smelling like sheep. He doesn't have a scepter. Now he has a staff in his hand. Maybe Moses is very nervous. He should be very nervous. He's going into the Pharaoh. So maybe he's very nervous and just kind of blurts out, not knowing what to expect. Maybe he just blurts out, you know, let my people go that they might go and have a feast unto me in the wilderness. He probably was pretty nervous. Now you would say, and you would think, this guy Moses, he's got some serious chutzpah. Uh, he really does. I mean, think about it. It takes incredible chutzpah and faith to go in and tell the Pharaoh to let my people go or else. You see, you got to understand something here. The Pharaoh was considered the incarnation of the sun god Ra. People literally worshiped Pharaoh as God. He wasn't considered a public servant. The entire public lived to serve the Pharaoh. 
He had supreme power and authority. There was no constitution, no law, legislature that was higher than him. So Moses walks in and he says, God said, let my people go. And then notice in verse 2, the Pharaoh says, who is this God that I should obey him? Now you want to understand something here. This is a different Pharaoh from when Moses was in Egypt. When Moses was in Egypt, if you were around here, you know when Moses was in Egypt, the Pharaoh was Thutmose III. This Pharaoh is a different Pharaoh. He is Amon Hatef II. Amon Hatef II was 18 years old when he came to the throne. So at this time, as Pharaoh goes in, I mean, as Moses goes into the Pharaoh, Amon Hatef II, this guy is probably no more than, say, 20 years old. He's just a young buck. He's just a young guy, which probably explains the arrogance in his conversation. The arrogance, who is this God that I should obey him? I will not. You know, there's an arrogance there, probably because he's so young. I mean, these young guys today, you know, there's an arrogance. I think they're all good looking. Got washboard ads. You just wait. got a six pack just wait it'll be a one pack very soon (laughs) say amen fellas and these young guys you know so this pharaoh said who is this god that i should obey his voice and let israel go i don't know this god and he's mocking god now listen i read this today and i thought about second kings chapter 18 perhaps you'll go read that story but it kind of reminds me of this story in second kings 18 as the southern kingdom of judah is surrounded by the assyrian army and there's this king by the name of sennacherib and he threatens the people of jerusalem and he said to king hezekiah he says king hezekiah he says we're going to kill you And King Sennacherib sent his highest ranking officer. His name was the Rabshakeh. Let me tell you something. If you meet a guy in the alley named Rabshakeh, be very afraid. Not good. His name sounds threatening. The Rabshakeh. And so the Rabshakeh, the Bible tells us in 2 Kings 18, he says, he stands in front of the walls of Jerusalem. And this guy says, listen. We have wiped out so many other nations. He says this to the God's people. He says, we've wiped out so many other nations. It ain't funny. And none of their gods helped them. And what makes you think your God can help you? And King Hezekiah, the Bible says, didn't know what to do. And then the prophet Isaiah was on the scene at that time. And Isaiah comes to King Hezekiah and he says, King Hezekiah. He says, God is going to send a spirit and cause them to hear a rumor and they are going to fall by the sword. What does that tell us? That tells us that you cannot mock God and get away with it. Amen, saints. Unfortunately, there are people who mock God. I'll tell you something. People who mock God, God always has the last word. Galatians 6, 7 tells us, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. 
Saints, that verse is so important. Why don't you read it with me? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. You cannot mock God and get away with it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, there are men and women throughout history and in the Bible that have mocked God. Listen at this. For example, John Lennon. Did you know? Check this out. During an interview with an American magazine, John Lennon said, Christianity will end. It will disappear. I do not have to argue about that. I am certain. Jesus was okay, but his subjects were too simple. Today, John Lennon said, we, speaking of the Beatles, are more famous than Jesus. He said that in 1966, after saying that the Beatles were more famous than Jesus Christ, you know, he was shot six times. There's a guy by the name of Tancredo. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And he was a president of Brazil. And he said this, get this. During the presidential campaign, he said that if he got 500 votes from his party, not even God would remove him from presidency. He got the 500 votes, but he got sick a day before being made president, and then he died. The man who built the Titanic. Need I say more? (laughs) In case you don't know, okay, in case you have been under a rock for, I don't know, 20, 30 years. Okay, listen. After the construction of a Titanic, of the Titanic, a reporter asked how safe the Titanic would be. With an arrogant tone, he said, not even God can sink it. And of course, we all know what happened to the Titanic. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Marilyn Monroe, did you know? She was visited by Billy Graham during a presentation of a show. And God sent him to share the gospel with her. After hearing what the preacher had to say, she said, I don't need your Jesus. A week later, she was found dead in her apartment. Bon Scott, do you know who he is? Probably don't. He's the ex-vocalist of the band ACDC. On one of his 1979 songs, he sang, Don't Stop Me, I'm going down all the way. Wow, the highway to heaven. Or the highway to hell, he said. Sorry, wish he said heaven. Said hell. On the 19th of February, 1980, Bon Scott was found dead, and he had choked on his own vomit. There's a guy by the name of Friedrich Nietzsche. You know his name? Friedrich Nietzsche was a German philosopher who lived in the early 1900s. He declared... God is dead. Shortly after making that statement, he began to lose his mind. He was committed to an insane asylum where he, was, where he committed suicide. In the 1960s, a Time magazine picture showed a wall in New York, in a New York subway, that was spray painted with graffiti. And it said, God is dead, sign Nietzsche. Someone else came along and sprayed an X through that statement and put underneath it, Nietzsche is dead, sign God. (laughs) Saints, 
read the verse with me again. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Listen, you cannot mock God and get away with it. That's the word. That's the Bible. And it's unfortunate that people seek to mock God. Pharaoh is mocking God. These are very blasphemous statements that he is making about God. Now, we do need to understand this and listen closely. We have to understand Pharaoh is making some blasphemous statements about God, but Pharaoh doesn't know God. Pharaoh is not a Christian. And when folks are not a Christian, they say a lot of things that they should not say. I know I said a lot of things about God that I should never have said. Can I get a witness? We all have. I remember I, I went to church. You, you guys know I was in Catholic school for many years. And, um, you know, I went to church all the time. I went through catechism. I went through, you know, went to confession. And I went to church Wednesday in the daytime. And, and Wednesday night we had to go to church. And Sunday morning we had to go to church. And, you know, I never forget Ash Wednesday where, you know, you get like an ash on your forehead. I just remember that in school. And I also remember that even though I had all of this education about God and all of this religious training, I did not know God. Do you understand it is possible to go to church all of your life and not know God? Isn't that alarming? I mean, it's interesting. You can go to church all of your life and not know God, not know the Bible. You can be very religious and not know the Bible. Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey him? I won't let Israel go because he didn't know God. You can go to church. You can know the Bible. You can know the Bible and not know God. We, you know, you know, do you know people? I know people who know the Bible. They can quote it better than me. Now they do misquote it, but they can quote it. Did you know it said this in Second Chronicles? Did you know it said this in Second Kings? Did you know it said this? I'm like, man, no, I didn't actually. I'm the pastor. I didn't know. Is that in the Bible? Let me go check that out. Well, yeah, you're right. It's right there. You can know the Bible and not know God. You can know all the rituals. All, you know, I remember I was an altar boy. Did I ever tell you all that I was an altar boy? I'm telling it all tonight, ain't I? I was an altar boy. And, and, I, and uh, Kate, well, I wore the robe and, you know, did the altar boy thing. And, uh, you know, went... In the back, and we, it was our responsibility as altar boys to, you know, um, get rid of the elements. Once we did communion, you know, the, if there were any elements left, you needed to dispose of them appropriately. And uh, I just remember there was never any wine left in the cup. <laughs> and, and I do remember, you know, I knew all the Christmas songs. I knew all the Christmas stories. I knew all the Christmas carols. But I didn't know God. Pharaoh doesn't know God. 
And thus, these blasphemous words are coming out of his mouth. He says, I don't know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. Well, notice what happens in verse 3. You're there, say amen. amen. So they said, they, Moses and Aaron said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please, let us go, note this, saints, three days journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. And then the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labor. And Pharaoh said in verse 5, look, the people of the land are now many, and you make them rest from their labors. And so the same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, you shall no longer give the people straw to make brick as before. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.